from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, your smart speaker, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry. If you think we're usually insufferable, it's even worse today. We're in studio together in Bristol, and the trash talking just doesn't stop through all the breaks. But today, for one day only, Harry might have the right to get a little of that off his chest. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I told you the first hour, one of us sat on national TV and said the Bucs had no chance of being beat in the East and they were going to go to the NBA Finals. Well, that's me, and I've spent uh, I've spent much of the morning eating crow. I'm always going to stand up and admit when I'm wrong, I have no problem doing that. That's, a, that's part of my charm, right? I'm starting to get a little puckered up now. Like, I wasn't nervous before, but I'm, another, I'm a little puckered up about one more prediction because I've said several times, you do realize that the Warriors have to play on the road. And last night... For only the twelfth time all season, you stop. They, you stop right no, there. Okay. You stop right okay. in your See, tracks. See, I tried, y'all. I tried to make it dramatic. Okay. It may have been yesterday. I asked you a question. Who was the last team to beat the Sacramento Kings at home in the regular season? I asked you that simple question. Can you tell me the answer, Fitz? The Golden State Warriors. The Golden Damn State Warriors. Warriors. We're doing this now. Okay. Warriors. So what I seen last night from that team Mm -hmm. is number one, experience. What I seen from the Sacramento Kings last night was a little bit of youth. Now, let me repeat that for the listeners, just in case you guys missed it. You had to bust a right turn and and you had to focus uh, a little bit more. What I seen last night from the Golden State Warriors was experience, championship experience. What I seen from the Sacramento Kings was a little bit of youth. Time and time again, down the stretch, when the Warriors needed a bucket, Steph Curry came through. Draymond came through. Klay Thompson came through. Kayvon Looney came through with a rebound, an assist, or something. Those guys had are the core are they are the core of the Golden State Warriors, and that outlasted the youth that you love to talk about, Fitz. The youth that you and guess what, Clay Thompson did only played thirty two minutes. He was in foul trouble, so Clay had five threes last night, and I can't wait to see him in Game Six. Game Six, Clay. I'm telling you right now, if if we get Game Six, Clay, the next time these two teams play, I may come in him a birthday suit. I may come in here my damn birthday suit. Okay. First and foremost. Evan, uh, don't be jealous. I mean, you're always welcome to come in in your birthday suit. I'm never going to tell you no. Uh, second, I'm not scared. to uh, Look, we went into the last game, and Evan said, is tonight a must-win game for the Kings? No. They can win two in a row. They can win in, in Golden State, and then come back and win in Sacramento. What hold are we on, doing hold on. No, 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 no. And we need Evan and Devin to step in right now. We need Evan and Devin to step De'Aaron in right Fox now. has a broken finger and oh. still went 24 and was, was pretty okay, good. So he, 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 but he wasn't efficient from the field. He was 9 for we 25. Got a broken finger. Like, he's a nice. This one's over. It's over in six. The Warriors aren't losing at home, my guy. Over in six. You don't think it's there's over. any chance. You don't think there's no any chance. It's no shot. Over. 
You guys this is, this is, an M- this is an NBA title team with experience for years. You think they're going to lose at home? This is an NBA title team with experience for years that has been taken to the ropes every single step of the way by a youthful team we don't want to believe in. This they're- is a 3-2 series because every game has come down to the wire. Why am I suddenly now going to believe that things are just out of hand? Because, because we we said before the series, the first it all happens. The first team to win on the road is going to win the series. Have we not said that? Well, here, here's here's the unique thing. Are we just thing. skipping Harris saying he's coming to work naked if we get game six? Play. I said in my birthday I mean, suit. Least, that's, naked. that's naked. Well, how you know my birthday suit is that? That's you were born with clothes on. What's the matter? What, Jealous? Like, is your birthday suit like what Jealous? It, look, the real question is: Would we be more uncomfortable if he came in in like a little speedo, or if he just came in fully naked? Like, I feel like if you're fully naked, yes, it's just the a, a, yes. okay. But but here's the thing, though, because I like hearing <laughs> from greatness. Um, so I want to hear from Steph Curry. On being able to get a road victory in such a huge game. Well, you know what? You're gonna have to wait a second because now I gotta find it on here. That I takes even me read a it slow. For I know you. you did, and I, you know, I'm now. I'm the coming Warriors over. even now, got you discondemned. This bobulated. is Steph talking. If you really want to hear it, it was a big, big night for us, and you could, <laughs> you could feel the, the sense of accomplishment. Uh, you know, after the game, from everybody on the bench, everybody on the floor. Just uh, how good of a feeling it was. So you know, obviously we we have we got work to do to close out the series, but <clears throat> we needed this one. Um, snatch momentum back and uh, and hopefully take advantage of it in Game Six. I think the best thing that could have happened to this team. I won't say Draymond getting suspended. I'm going to say Draymond coming off the bench. I think Draymond coming off the bench. You know, allowed this team from an offensive perspective to be a little bit better to start games. But also, I think that hunger from Draymond coming off the bench added an extra fire to this team. And I don't think, you know, I do believe the Golden State Warriors are going to advance. And I do believe they're probably, who, whether they play the, the Memphis Grizzlies or, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think that can happen next series. I think, I believe Draymond's going to have to start the next series. But for this series, I like that game plan of him coming off the bench. And when he's making shots, in which he was 8 for 10 last night, I think Ernie and, and, and Shaq them said that Draymond hasn't scored 20 points in the game since Christmas Day 2019. Mm. So that had to be a good feeling for Draymond, especially in a series in which he got ejected from a game. He got suspended for a game. So that that has to feel great for him. But also, we got to give him a lot of love for not having the ego and allowing this to happen. You're right. And, you know, I could be a troll and spin it too. Well, see, Draymond did something he hasn't done since 2019. It took that much for them to win in Sacramento. (laughs) Yes, I certainly watched the end of that game and thought, damn. You know, like, that's just the only way. Like, you know that moment where you're just sitting there and you're like, Okay, uh, you know, uh, it, there's a difference. I had I had a lot of money on the Bucks, a lot for me. I had a lot you of see, money. You on seen the movies, uh, the movie Players Club? Yeah, of course, yeah. Right. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. One of my favorite all mm-hmm. time. The Kings in trouble, trouble. <laughs> they in trouble, trouble. I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like I saw a little of that, and I was like, okay, I don't feel particularly great about where this stands. Uh, I do think that. You know, a quick turnaround Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, by the way, is that game on ESPN. Uh, You don't want to miss it. Golden State taking on Sacramento. That'll be an elimination game. I am interested to see, as I said earlier, with Memphis and L.A., when your back's up against the wall, what can this young group do? 
I am certainly not even stupid enough to try and manufacture some way to not feel like, look, De'Aaron Fox having the broken finger. The minute I saw that, I was like, yep. It, it, and it clearly bothered him. It, yeah. it bothered him last night. He shot night. 9 to 25 from the field. And and even that, I was surprised. Man, When I, you know how sometimes you look at the box score afterwards, you're like, okay, let's see what it looks like. I was surprised it was 9-25. It felt like watching the game, it was far worse than that. Like, But it, I commend him for going out there and, and, and toughing it out and understanding that his team needs him because, you know, you do have those people out there that would have been a coward and not played at all. Well, especially, and you pointed out smartly a few weeks ago, with Ja, when we're talking about hand injuries and, and finger injuries, Big. and when you're talking about that in basketball particularly, it's everything. It's your feel. You never get comfortable on it. You know, it's like that's part of the, the – every position is different. If you think about in football, like for wide receivers, it's not just hands. Like for ankles and knees, like when you're, you're, you're having a run on that constantly, that's a different type of pain. To me, like when so much of life in the NBA is controlling the basketball for De'Aaron Fox, I, like I was commended he was able to do that. But there, there's commended. one person that I didn't mention yet. And I think he is very pivotal to what the Warriors want to do this season. He was pivotal for the Golden State Warriors in their championship run last year. Andrew Wiggins. Coming into this playoff series, not not playing a lot of basketball, being out for personal reasons, really stepped up in this series. He's averaging 19.4 points per game and hit a big shot late last, last night. Hit a big shot. Had 20 points and... I just want to make sure I, I showered him with some love because, you know, he's been through a lot this season. But also, when his teammates needed him the most, he's been there showing up game in and game out. And I understand, you know, he had an opportunity. Uh, what game was that he missed the game winning? Uh, I think it was game one was he game missed one. the opportunity to right? win. He, yeah. he, he had an opportunity to, to hit the game winner in game one. Didn't let, didn't let it get him down. Fought back every game and has played a pivotal role in the Warriors winning three straight games. Look, and you mentioned his pivotal role in scoring. Also, look at his rebounds throughout the course of some of these, even his blocks. Like yep. He's just been active around the rim, and you watch him. It's been a difference maker, uh, for sure. And it only made me think last night more what we talked about a couple of days ago. When you saw the end of that, that game, uh, two games, not last night's game, but the last game, uh, where De'Aaron Fox had the chance, we thought, to try and heave up the winner, couldn't get it there. Uh, they they lose at the end. Who did he pass it to? It doesn't matter. It's, it's I mean it was it was the right basketball. Harrison play. Barnes. Uh, it, it, <sighs> I read. I'm not gonna read the numbers for the people again. But no, Harrison, Harrison Barnes. Barnes did not make the winning shot. I kept thinking last night. I was like, man, what a difference. It just I, I mean, Captain Obvious here, but what a difference that one basket makes in this whole series because now it is easy to think it's done. I will not say it's done though. Look, we got pl- look. The game's Friday. By the time we get to Monday, we'll we'll forget I even said this. I'm just saying. <laughs> King's taking it back to uh, Sacramento. This game's going seven. This series is going seven. How do you do, like Desmond Bain? Uh, look, I'm just. I'm, All right, you better you better I'm, focus on Game Six. I'm just telling you right now. I'm also focused on the draft. The draft is tonight, and we've still got work to do in our mock draft. It's the single greatest mock draft in the history of mock drafts, and we'll close out the first round today. You don't want to miss any of the picks. We'll get back to it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station, it all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
2023 NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station, it all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're also on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. And you know the drill. It's the Fitz and Harry mock draft. Now, the way this works, we have cool, famous people that know their teams incredibly well or that cover their teams or that super fans come in and make the picks. The one rule is no trades. Apparently, the second rule next year should be no complaining about the no trades rule. But... (laughs) <laughs> That's where we are so far. We have given you every pick. I'm not going to make you uh, to know them all. There won't be a pop quiz. But it is time for the chimes. And we are all the way. Are you ready for this, Harry? Like, it, it has taken us a while to get here. We are all the way down to pick number 28. Ooh. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. And that means we get Bengals fanatic, ESPN radio host, ACC network extraordinaire guru, Jordan Cornette, also known as Mr. Shea, with the pick for the Bengals. Jordan Cornette here in a hearty day to Bengals Nation. With the 28th pick in the 2023 Fitz and Airy mock draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select out of Clemson, the defensive lineman, Brian Brazee. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Brian Brzee, big defensive tackle, ran 4.93 at the combine, had a 1.71 10-yard split, moved so well at the combine, you could see his body felt good. He came off an ACL in 2021, illness this year, the loss of his sister, mental, physical anguish he had to go through, and that family went through uh, just to get through the season, but he seemed rejuvenated at the combine, had a great freshman year at Clemson. He, to me, is an elite 4.3 defensive tackle. In the right system, he could be a Pro Bowl caliber player. Brzee has an unrelenting motor, with a defensive line that struggles to get to the quarterback, ranking 29th in the league in sacks a year ago. Brzee can be used in a myriad of places. He can get to the quarterback and help there. He's also stout against the run. This Bengals defense is known for having high IQ, high motor guys. Forget about improving a tight end. We can find value elsewhere, including cornerback. You've got to go with talent. Brzee possesses it and fits in beautifully with this Bengals defense. Who day? I'm still trying to figure out whether who day or who Dak came first, but all right, what do you got on this one? <laughs> well, uh, I think for for Brian Brice, you look at the challenges he had to overcome, the adversity he had to face, the ACL in 2021, his sister passing away, you know, last year, and we did college game day in which they did this 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 whole. Um, I'm trying to think. What's the word I'm trying to use? Like a feature on it? Yes, they did a feature uh, for his sister, and his family was there. It was very, very emotional, so he's been through a lot. But a player that I think is very, very strong at the point of attack can wreak some havoc, can eat up space and allow linebackers to get downhill and shoot gaps. That's what those linebackers at Clemson were able to do um, those years that that Brian was actually there. But I think a good pick for the Cincinnati Bengals to pair him up with a B.J. Hill, a D.J. Reader, and also Trey Hendrickson and um, Sam Hubbard. So I think it's a good pick for Cincinnati moving forward to reassure their defensive line so those guys can create more pressure. 
We talk a lot about how the player interview matters. This is where the player medical matters. I'll go all the way back to sprained left knee in 2020 right after he enrolled in school. So tore his ACL in September of 2021, season-ending surgery. Then he had strep throat, which also caused a kidney infection in 2022. Landed him in the hospital where he added 45 pounds of water weight while he was getting treatment. His body couldn't fight it off. Only played 40 or more defensive snaps in three games in 2022. The coaches really had to have almost snap count. This is one of those things where I think medical matters a lot for him. It is a great pick if he is healthy, but you're really going to have to trust your medical staff. I hope really, really disruptive in his first year at, at Clemson, but had a lot of hurdles he had to climb the other years that he was there. Yeah, hopefully, most importantly, his body gets right. If he it does, it's going to be great. All right, it's time for the chimes. We are all the way up now to the next pick, and uh, that means the New Orleans Saints are on the clock. This pick was originally the 49ers pick. Then it was traded to Miami for Trey Lance, then traded to Denver for Bradley Chubb, and then sent to the Saints for Sean Payton. Everybody follow that? Lord have mercy. We got Stan Verrett, our buddy from here, ESPN, with the pick. With the 29th pick in the draft, the New Orleans Saints select B.J. Ojolari, defensive end, LSU. Who that say they're going to beat them Saints? Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Younger brother of Aziz Ojolari with the New York Giants, former second-round pick out of Georgia. B.J. Ojolari had a nice career at LSU. He's got big hands, huge hands, strong hands, long arms, 6'2", 248-pounder, little up and down, solid against the run, shows a spin move against the pass, hustles, gets after you, five-and-a-half sacks on the year, but four-and-a-half of those sacks came in three games. I'd like to see a little more consistency. If he can get that done, he could be a nice situational pass rusher who can play up or down. Harry, this is before we give you analysis on this. This is one of the weirdest things to me about covering the draft. If you watched any college football, you know this name. B.J. Ojolari is somebody that had moments throughout the course of yep. it on championship caliber. Looked like teams they thought, you know, you look like LSU. Hey, he's going to be a difference maker. He falls all the way to to this late in the first round simply because of the way the draft works. What do but you think you, of the pick? You know, I love the bloodline. His brother Aziz Ojolari. I'm pretty sure Devin, you know who he is. Plays for the Giants. Um, he played a pivotal role at the University of Georgia when he was there. But his first step burst fits, plays the run well, the bloodline like I just mentioned, and he has pass rush moves. I just think the consistency part, being consistent from that position moving forward. Now, the New Orleans Saints were able to draft him. You know, Baton Rouge is not far from there. And then they also lost, you know, two defensive linemen to the Atlanta Falcons. So, Stan, I, I got something for your who that. Them damn Falcons. Still That's what I got for you, Stan. Still can't figure out. Like somebody's probably going to tweet me like I'm a moron, which is a daily uh, journey in and of itself. But like who dat? Who day? They're very similar. Yeah, like, I don't, neither I don't of like them are neither proper one of English. Them, to like be honest, I, who dat? Who day? Like who 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 in the heck? You would rather hear a hawk or or a falcon? Ah, ah, right. I, I mean, was that a falcon or a hawk? Both. Uh, yeah, hey, we're going to combine them together. It's, it's, it's a hawking. It's a, it's a <laughs> look. I can't try the word the other way. It might get me. Might like if we try and combine combine try falcon it. and Let's hawk, and we get it the other way. Give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> a fall. Oh, uh, yep. Nope. Excuse me. <laughs> I tried to figure out how Mickey Mouse wouldn't uh, get mad at that one. Couldn't find a single way. Uh, that gets us to where we are on the draft. And uh, but again, I, I I think it's interesting because. Both of these guys are guys that have moments of big programs. When you get to the bottom of the first round and you're looking at all these variables, I think there are. Have you had moments of big programs with coaches that are tied in to the league that can tell people who you really are? And that's one thing that every person I've talked to 
dude that covers the draft well over the last couple of years stresses that coaches are talking to coaches about coachability. I think that's one of the reasons somebody like B.J. Ojolari or even uh, Breezy, who may not have as much film that people want, you can talk to those coaches. You can get a sense of who's But I, I would say these are also two guys, at, when they first got to college, a lot of people were talking about them potentially being top 15 picks too. Right, so it, it lets you know that both of those guys need to be more consistent. Reseed needs to remain healthy, um, and actually show that he can, you know, last a duration of a season. In Ojolari, he just has, has to be more consistent. Yeah, that's a reminder going into the draft tonight. That tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there'll be a way too early mock draft for next year. Just stop. There's so much time for these guys to to throw out some film tonight. One team is going to make a huge. Mistake, and our GM will not stand for it. You'll hear about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station. It all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Today is the single best day of the entire sports calendar, and it's not even close. Because today is the day that every single fan base has hope. There is no other time in any sport, in any league, where you know that on this day, your team is going to take a dramatic step forward, and that's how everybody <laughs> feels on draft day. <laughs> Harry may not believe it, but I will die on this Hello. hill annually. Wait a second. You said every fan base has hope. I'm looking at you. Look, I'm going all in on this year. This year, you know what? It's Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I, I'm all in. Every year, I sit there and I say, you know what? This, I can't believe this draft pick for the Raiders. I don't care if the Raiders pick Evan to be the starting left tackle. I am going to buy an Evan jersey. I'm going to put that jersey on, and I'm going to wear it. Like tonight, I'm going to buy the first Raiders jersey that I have bought in probably a decade of my life, and I'm just going to get ready. I don't care who So they're going to be drafting three Evans, you mean? I, I, don't, I don't care if it's— tackle. I don't care. You know, I don't that care if they draft— That would still be a light-sized tackle. I don't <laughs> care if they draft Mike Tannenbaum to come in and be the starting quarterback. I am going to buy the— Jersey. By the way, who's going to go first? Stroud or Young? Find out tonight. The draft is on ESPN Radio, presented by Boost Mobile. First round coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Candy and Carlin going to be leading a crew that includes Mike Tannenbaum. Again, you can watch Harry and I on the digital, but you should listen to the radio side, too. Tannenbaum does great work. I've had the honor of being with him during the draft. He's an incredible mind, an incredible insight, and he joins us now. So, 
I got to ask you straight out of the gates, all right? There is this chance that the Texans may pass on a quarterback, but if they do that, there's also this chance that C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, some combination of them might could end up playing for the Colts and the, the Titans, respectively. So they'll be taking on these quarterbacks that they're passing on. How much do you have to let that weigh in your process? Yeah, good to be with you guys. I, I really didn't hear much after you had me playing quarterback, so we're going to have to start all over again. Uh, uh, yeah, look, that's a factor from a standpoint of, you know, what, what is your competition doing? You know, what is, um, you know, what's happening in your division without question? That That's going to be a factor. But you always got to do what's best for yourself. I, I got to tell you, though, guys, like in good conscience here, how could, if you're Houston, how can you pass on C.J. Stroud? You know, here's a guy that, could come in and be your starter from day one. You know, we could argue if he's going to be an A, an A minus, or a B, but my gosh, like, he's a really, really good player. He's going to play for a long time. And if we're building a team in the AFC, guys, where do you think we're going to go with Davis Mills? So to me, this is like a no brainer, you know, for Houston. I think you got to take the quarterback. So, Mike T, I got to ask you this. What if they take that defensive player with the number two pick overall? But at 12, draft a guy that you are very, very hot on and, and love the most in Hendon Hooker at 12. I like it. I like it a lot. Look, Harry, if the three of us are talking at some point tomorrow and Hendon Hooker is a Houston Texan, look, someone has to prove to me what's wrong with Hendon Hooker. Look, I know he's got the ACL, but he has ideal size. He has a great arm. He led the country in yards per pass attempt. He's played 37 games. What is he missing? Uh, I just – when you watch the tape, I think when it's all said and done, he has greatness about him, and he has the least amount of questions of all these quarterbacks, not the most. You you have just opened up a can of worms because I've been standing on this rooftop. And you know, Mike, my, my fandom, for years I have watched the Raiders draft and I have been just absolutely decimated by everybody that says, how does your favorite team not watch film? Now I have a year where all of a sudden I've got somebody like Dan Orlovsky that I love and respect telling me, well, you know, don't worry about the bad film from Anthony Richardson. Only worry about the good film. Don't worry about the bad film from Will Levis. Only worry about the good film. And then ignoring the film on C.J. Stroud. Make it make sense to me that we're now suddenly drafting for potential instead of productivity that we've seen. Yeah, that, boy, that's such a great question, guys. And we, we could talk about this for days and candidly debate it for we got 20 to- years, which is ha- – how do you figure out, you know, what to do at the quarterback position? But, you know, at some point you look at traits, you know, Anthony Richardson could be a superstar. I mean, his measurables are historic, but he was 115th in the country in completion percentage. You can't ignore that. That's going to get better. Um, but it may take a minute. And then someone like Will Levis, guys, like he could be Ben Roethlisberger. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. But there's parts of his game that really concern me. Like he, he is not – uh, very mobile and so upper body that hurt guys like Tim Tebow and Brady Quinn. So when you look at these attributes, it's important. But to me, like how they play is so important. And again, to go back to someone like Hendon Hooker, guys, he's played 37 games and he was on a great Tennessee team that may have been in the national championship if he didn't get hurt. I think they would have been toe to toe with Georgia. They beat Alabama. And, um, you know, to me, ultimately, you got to look at how they played. Yeah, Mike, and I, I will say this about Hendon Hooker. Uh, you talk about a guy who threw 58 touchdowns and five interceptions in two years at Tennessee, and also he is a dual threat. But when it comes to this draft, Mike, do you think this is the most unpredictable draft? Absolutely. Um, you know, just talking to people, you know, out here in Kansas City and 
I think we're going to see some unbelievable things over the next couple of days that no one saw coming. And, you know, we got to remember that, like, that doesn't mean they're wrong. Like, you know, tonight is the beginning of the story, not the end of it. Here's what, what hits me about that, then. In a draft like this where it's wildly unpredictable and we don't know who values what, and we're not sure that there's as many prospects this year that have people sort of jumping head over heels, is this a draft where it makes more sense to essentially reach if you need to? Like, there may not be value in trading down. So we're all going to sit here and say, well, why would you take that guy at that number? But that presumes that you could have traded down and that somebody wanted to trade it. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, the variables there feel like it makes it one of those drafts where we might be curious about why people are selected when they're selected. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. You know, I got to tell you, like, um, one of my drafts that we had a lot of success, we traded up for Darrell Rivas, and then we came back in the next round, we traded up for David Harris and turned out to be two really good players for a long time and on some really good teams, guys. And nowhere did we have any scenario where we we're going to trade up, you know, more than once. But it was so, somewhat to what you just said, Jason, in terms of, like, hey, we identify guys that we believe fit on and off the field. And I think like going into tonight in the next couple of days, like if the boxes are checked, go get your guy. Like if you believe in your process, go get them Add good players add good people in your locker room and, and don't overthink it. Mike T, we have to send you off the proper way. We need you to tell us the last cent of the candle that you burned, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> Because America needs to know that, right? Yeah, of course yeah, yeah, they yeah. do. Of course they do. We have I Love Friday wanna... coming up tomorrow. They need to know the scent. Yeah, yeah you know, Harry, like it probably something like balsam fur, you know, something like that. But, you know, more importantly, like I just want to know, like, when you guys are going to get this bad ba- uh, bath and be it's not even Bed Bath and Beyond. What, what, bath and Body Works. Bath not, and Body bed, Works. Bed, bed Bath and Beyond is going yeah. out of business. No, Bath and Body Works is yeah, who yeah, we yeah. want. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys have your deal yet? I mean, like, I feel like we talk about candles more than football players. So at some point, like, we got to get this deal over the goal line. Hey, look, uh, it, it's it's a long process. Uh, we're a know your worth show but here. But we're inching uh, somewhere. Fitz got a DMs recently, so we're we're, we're calling before we walk, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I will be walk. honest. I, I I got a DM the other day from from a company that makes candles, and they were like, "Hey, can we send you some? We want you to check them out." So when I get them. I'll let you know, Mike. Like, like we're we're gonna we're gonna have a scent test. We're gonna figure out if they they hold up to the Fitz and Harry standard. We're probably gonna blow a whole segment out of the show, and Evan's gonna walk off because it's not uh, it's not appropriate content. See, Mike, this is what we, we're gonna we, do. We are we are a show of the people, right? We want the people to be in the best <laughs> positions possible to make their life better, whether it's for them, whether it's for them uh, in the relationship. Yeah. That's what candles do, I mean, Mike T. Love Fridays, Mike. I mean, that's a good. Gotta... And, and, and Harry, all I care about is your ESPN eligibility. I mean, the last time. Like, you know, you're, you're setting off fire alarms, you know, you're getting, you know, warning letters from multiple, you know, precincts. So I'm just glad that you could do it in a safe and friendly environment. Yeah, yeah I haven't been to the principal office yeah, in a yeah. while. I mean, if, if, if talking about what Janet Jackson did for his marriage last night didn't get him sent to the principal's office, candles certainly Whoa. won't. Mike, Mike T, I'm oh, jumping out the ceiling fan, Mike T. We are off the rails, Mike. Hey, Mike, uh, have a great weekend. I, I say this uh, to you often off air. I'll say it to everybody on air. Uh, when we worked together on the draft, I just sat there in awe of the amount of knowledge you have to this entire process. It makes for a great listen, and especially when everything gets into the weeds on day three and people are trying to figure out who the hell is who, you do a great job of explaining it. So I, I can't wait to listen to what you guys are going to do this weekend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks so much. Proud to be your guys' teammate, and uh, I know everyone's worked really hard, and you know, let's enjoy the next couple of days, and uh, appreciate you guys having me. ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum hanging out with us again. You can listen to every single pick of the NFL draft 
on ESPN Radio. It's going to be great. You can also watch it all on ESPN and ABC. We've got you covered on every platform. And uh, if you're, uh, you know, you, you like to have a little bit of fun, a little, little uh, unbuttoned content, a little, uh, little, little loose content, we're still going to be giving you great expertise on the digital platforms, ESPN app, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all of those places. Harry Douglas, myself, Field Yates, Harry Lyles, Spencer Hall, uh, and I'm missing somebody else. Uh Andrew Hawkins. Yep. We're going to have a big old group uh, getting you out there for every single pick tonight and tomorrow night. One in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced. Oh, let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts test your battery for free. They can also help you find the best superstar battery for your vehicle. Doesn't that sound awesome? Learn more at O'ReillyAutoParts.com. Uh, there are more. There are a lot of rumors out there, mock drafts out there. What should we believe and what should we not believe? We will go through fact and fiction next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Brought to you by Wendy's $3 Breakfast Deal. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason and Harry hot on. So hot. So hot. And what are they cool on? It's in or out. Are you in or out? On Fitz and Harry. All right, this is a big shining moment for producer Evan on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Evan's going to give us a, a statement, and then Harry and I will decide if we are in on it. Yep. We're out on it. No. Devin, what's your level of confidence in Evan pulling this off uh, on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm going to go 6.27. Here's the thing. I think the Aaron Rodgers uh, phenomenon has given him superhero strength. He's turned into the Hulk, and Evan is I, – I give you a 9. Ev, I feel I feel really good about this. To go with the great Bill Tobin. Uh, what the hell is Devin Kane anyway? Uh, <laughs> Off to a slow start. Off to a slow start, but we're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up here. All right. Evan's going to give us the topic. We'll see where we go. What do you got for us, Evan? Yeah, four quarterbacks we drafted in the top 10. You guys in or out on that? So this is interesting, Harry, yeah. because Vegas odds right now would show you that the favorite for the first overall pick is still Bryce Young. But the favorite for Houston is not a quarterback. The favorite for the Lions, not a quarterback. The favorite uh, for I'm, – I'm skipping somebody else. There, there are three players. Seahawks. Not, Seahawks, uh, not a quarterback. So you'd have to have a run, but I still feel like there's going to be a run. Too many people are in love. I think four go in the – I still think there's a chance we go one, two, three, four, but four definitely go in the top ten. Yeah, I'm in on this one. Okay. I'm, in, I'm in on this one uh, in a massive way. Uh, what what level of celebration should I have if C.J. Stroud just falls in the laps of the Raiders at seven? Well, it depends on one, on if one the Raiders ten. take him. What if he's there and the Raiders don't take him? Then that means they must really love one of these corners, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm spinning. It. I'm telling you, man, I'm putting a bow tie on this pig, and I am just gonna, I, I'm gonna wear it like we're just gonna go around but town. But if his Stroud's mood, there, you. But, but, but I don't Fitz's know if the corners are there. The, like, the entire night is based on what the Raiders do. I brought a whole seven. Raiders outfit. I'm going to change yeah, out of my seven. draft outfit into the Raiders. Okay, go ahead, Evan. I gotta, we got to keep moving. I know. Yeah, I know. so Will Levis, we've heard a lot of rumors he'll go to the Colts. The Colts will draft Will Levis. You in or out on that? I'm going to go in on this one. Um, 
You look at a guy like uh, Shane Steichen, who's the head coach there, Jim Bob Cooter. I know y'all like that name, the offensive coordinator. You look at the quarterbacks that those two guys have worked with over the last three or four years, and I think they probably feel like they can mold Will Levis to to what they want him to be and also find their quarterback of the future and something that they, didn't, they haven't had in a long time since Andrew Luck. The Cardinals have been as transparent about wanting to trade out as I am about wanting a candle deal with somebody. Like, the Cardinals have been begging to trade the third overall pick. If C.J. Stroud isn't picked second by whoever trades up there, C.J. Stroud, to me, will be picked third by whoever trades up there, which means Will Levis will be the next quarterback on the board. I am in on that one. I was so confused for a minute. I was like, why is he talking? Yeah, I had to get you you there. I got to make suspense. Yeah, I'm glad you went there. Then, Harry, the Mm -hmm. Cardinals will make the third pick. Are you in or out on the Cardinals making the third? Pick. I'm out on it. I think they're they're getting calls from numerous of, of teams about that third overall pick. Um, also, they can trade back and possibly get you know somebody very valuable that they want defensively. So I'm, I'm out on that one. Yeah, I'm out on that one too. I just it, they have too many needs, and in my mind, trading when I say they're going to trade down. I'd be stunned if they have to trade down any further than 12. And when you need basically an entire roster, you can still get a ton of good players at 12 that are day one difference-making starters. They could get offensive line at 12 that, that will give them opportunity. And I would say if they're trading down for from 3 to 12, they're going to get a boatload of picks to go along with it as well. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And by the way, it'll be interesting to see which team leaps up. Like We, we keep talking about the Titans, teams like that. Yep. What about the Bucks? Like Tampa Bay does not have a quarterback on their roster. Will they give up a King's Ransom to move up? I think we're going to see a surprise team move up. Uh, so that brings me to the Titans will trade up for a quarterback. In or out, Harry? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go in on this one. Um, you look at the Arizona Cardinals, whose new general manager is Monty Ozenfort, who was with the Tennessee Titans. You have the relationship there, so it's going to make it easier if the Titans want to trade up at number three and pick a quarterback. And if they do do that, we have a nice treat for everyone tomorrow. I, I think it. I, I'm going to say no. Uh, I, I, I know everybody wants the Titans to trade up, and it would make a ton of sense if they do. I will applaud it. It's just are. I think the Titans are in some ways in a similar situation to the Raiders. They have a lot of holes to fill. Are they going to be willing to give up the future equity it will take to fill that? Do they love one of these guys that much? The one thing I will say, loud and clear, though, is I believe Ryan Tannehill will be the starter for the Titans this year, which means whoever they get will have a glorious opportunity to learn behind somebody that is a consummate professional. So I I, I think the Titans, if they take somebody, it's a home run, and they will get a standing ovation from me. But I just, I'm going to say out. The Falcons will take B. John Robinson as we've seen in some recent mock drafts. Harry, Falcons taking B. John Robinson in or out? The Falcons have a running back in Tyler Ogier, um, Cordell Patterson. They still have those two guys. But when you have the best available talent on the board, I know that's something that Terry Fontenot, general manager, and Arthur Smith, the head coach, really, really value. Um, so I'm going to go in on this one. Man, if, if you're right and they love Desmond Ritter, like or they like Desmond Ritter and want to see who Desmond Ritter goes into, you make this pick. Oh yeah, you're giving yourself, you're giving that quarterback another Taking huge a lot up. off his shoulders. You, all of a sudden, you're saying, you know what? With all the other weapons we already have on this team, we're going to go ahead and add that one. I think the pick makes a ton of sense. 
to give Desmond Ritter the chance to see if he's your guy. And if he's not your guy, you can address that next year in the draft. I think the the Falcons are in a really smart place where they don't have to reach unless the board comes to them exactly the way we they reach, want. We teach. Uh, how in the world do we explain what happened to one title favorite? We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.